good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Chujunk, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. Mm-hmm. You are right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon, supporting news from Natives themselves at Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Say, Haley, we always, uh, and I should say you always end with uh, Free Leonard Peltier now in, uh, in, um, at our show, at the end of the show every time. And talk a little bit, we want to talk a little bit about that before we get into, we have State Senator Mary Kunish on today. And also we're going to talk a little bit about the events going on Turtle Island and uh, specifically the Twin Cities in the five-state area here in Wisconsin, Iowa, and the Dakotas. Um so Leonard was, uh, Peltier was in, uh, he was prosecuted in 1975 and he basically stands as a symbol of law enforcement treatment of American Indians. And at that time and in, to this day, uh, Native Americans and indigenous people, which are the same things, make up less than 10% of the population in the state of South Dakota. But 51% of the people that are incarcerated says Nick Tilson of Indian Collective President and CEO. That makes South Dakota and the indigenous population here ground zero for over-incarcerated of indigenous peoples in the nation. You know, Leonard is now beginning in his 49th year in prison. It's a fight of uh, for, in, for justice and uh, systematic reform. And I just know personally, you know, he's 79 years old. He's been on the show. Mm -hmm. He called me up uh, Mm -hmm. out of the clear blue and heard that we were talking good things about him and appreciated it. Uh, He's a citizen of Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa in North Dakota. And he was an activist. And he was a member of the American Indian Movement. And he was convicted... uh, by a flawed prosecution and constitutional invi- uh, violations uh, that led to Leonard's conviction. And, you know, as of now, uh, we've talked so much about this. We've had so many guests on. We've had people like our, our friend do a walk for Leonard to D.C. across the Turtle Island just in the last year or so. Um and it's we've had FBI agents on that have said that this is a uh, issue with the FBI. This is one of the first things that they teach new FBI agents about. We're never mm-hmm. going to let Leonard Peltier out, and we're never going to. Uh, and he murdered uh, two uh, FBI agents. And what he is uh, in prison for is aiding and abetting the murder of to uh, FBI agents that they never found who the murderers were. Also in this mix, there was a Native American murdered. And so I always put it into these, uh, to this kind of, uh, uh, you know, thing is that uh, George Floyd was murdered and then the police officers that were aiding and abetting uh, uh, the officer that murdered George Floyd only got two and three years, and now he's in 49 years for aiding and abetting. Right. So, yeah, this is just a great example of, I mean, luckily how things have kind of changed. And, you know, there's a bigger eye and more people fighting to fight oppression and racism um, across all of our communities. Um, And, yeah, you know, this is an FBI issue. And, you know, even today in 2024, um, there are members of the FBI who still continue to step forward to call out the faults in this prosecution. And, um, you know, I just what a hard thing 
to live with, to be in prison this long, to be separated from your community, your traditions, your religion, your land. And, you know, for, for what, for wrong, uh, for a wrongdoing conviction. And I can't, I am just still in such disbelief that he has not been released. Um, you know, I'm just waiting for the day um, where we don't have to say free Leonard Peltier anymore. I'm waiting for the day where we can say that he is free. Um, and I know that Indian Collective had a really great post on this a few days ago, and they also included a message here from Leonard. And I just want to read this. This is Leonard Peltier's recent uh, message to his supporters. I know that the spirit warriors coming up behind me have the heart and soul to fight racism and oppression, and to fight the greed that is poisoning our lands, waters, and people. We are still here. Remember who you are, even if you come from your land, your water, your family. We are children of Mother Earth, and we owe her and her other children our care. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the main reason why we still have Leonard in our, our prayers, and Haley uh, ends the show with a free Leonard Peltier now. Um, mm -hmm. 49 years is way too long. Uh, the, the longest, uh, political prisoner, uh, mm -hmm. ever in the yeah. United States. Yeah, longest exactly. Serving. And yeah, just in hopes, you know, I know Wendy had started saying free Leonard Peltier years ago on the show and, and we still continue it here at the end of our last segment of every episode. Um, but just in hopes that, you know, maybe we have a new listener who maybe has never heard the name Leonard Peltier. And right. just hoping that by us continuing to say his name every day uh, or on every episode, hopefully they'll research and also be thinking of Leonard and also be thinking of a way to take action for him. Yeah. Like you said, Wendy had done it for many years and now you're doing it in honoring uh, Leonard Peltier and uh, uh, his life and that he's still alive and he's still with us. And uh, again, that's uh pretty heavy duty and, uh, um, I appreciate you doing that, Haley. Mm, well, I will always do it. I'll continue doing it until justice is uh, provided. Right on. Hey, that's a segue into uh, things that are happening uh, in the Twin Cities here. I know we got a big powwow here. And uh, Young uh, is 25th. Is it 25th? Uh, yeah, that's a great wow. question. Yeah. Have you gone? Have you been to the Inde Young powwows before? Yes, uh, many times. And uh, it's always uh, kick butt, always a lot of good vendors, food. Uh, and it's at Johnson High School this year on the east side of St. Paul. And it's just going to be uh, uh, a great, great turnout. I, I've gone to a couple powwows and it seems like, uh, you know, COVID's still out there and we talk about COVID, but it's also uh, a thing where uh, people are getting out and getting in the community and seeing relatives and uh, in masses. And so yeah. that yeah. reminds me too, just to remind people, if you're not feeling good, do not come to anything. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. And we forget that because before COVID, you know, I, when I taught school, there was a lot of sick kids coming to school. I they, had bet. No, they had nowhere else to go. Right. A lot of them, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and that reminds me too, like I just took two COVID tests um, this past weekend and luckily, you know, negative and so I can continue being out in community. But, you know, you have to remember every time you're in community um, that you might be, you might be picking up some of that COVID. But um, we do have Inde Young Center's uh, 25th annual Cherish the Children traditional powwow this weekend and is open to the public. So anyone is welcome to come. Um, Saturday grand entry is at 1 and 6 p.m., but there's also a community feast at 5 p.m. And then Sunday, February 11th, grand entry is at 1 p.m. Uh, Trickster Tacos will be there, Stephen D's. We've got a bunch of native vendors. So if you are still looking for something cute to pick up your uh, partner for Valentine's Day, that would be the place to do it. Yeah, something cute. That's right. Wow. Well, we had a nice talk about uh, uh, our Uncle Leonard and uh, people. Uh, there is a place to uh, 
to send a postcard, Google it. We don't have it right in front of us, but he'd appreciate that, I know, and that we're still thinking of him these many 49 years ago. And again, that's insane to think about. You know, uh, Carter could have, uh, and I thought was going to, uh, not Carter, excuse me, uh, Clinton was going to uh, let him out, and Obama was going to, and all these things fell through. So prayers out. Up next, uh, we have State Senator Mary Kunish on, and you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with oh. us. When we heal from our traumas, when we face our fears, let go of our addictions, when we relearn our values, when we live our teachings, Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities. Minneapolis Air dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune into Minneapolis Air on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. Are you thinking about college? Consider checking out Minnesota Private Colleges. These 18 nonprofit institutions keep the focus on students with small classes and professors who will get to know you. You'll find students from all backgrounds, and no two colleges are alike. And when it comes to cost, they're more affordable than you think. Find the college that's right for you at mnprivatecolleges.org slash possible. mnprivatecolleges.org slash possible. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612-919-5526. 612-919-5526 or autotech.org. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we are here with State Senator Mary Kunish and it's a, a fun Friday, a chill Friday here. A uh, lot going on nationally, but, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show. We have an anniversary coming up and uh, it'd be fun to talk about. I was off a few years. I thought it was 28, but... It's a hundred year anniversary, right, State Senator? And by the way, welcome. Uh, I'm Peyta Wash Day, everybody. Thanks, Robert and Haley. Yeah, uh, 2024 is the hundredth anniversary. Get this, everyone, of uh, American Indians, uh, Indigenous people of Turtle Island, uh, becoming citizens of the United States. So prior to 2020, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, to 20. 1924, American Indians were not considered uh, citizens of the United States. And that just blows my mind when I think about, for example, my my grandparents, my grandpa uh, came from the Standing Rock uh, Reservation when he was a young man to St. Paul uh, with his family and um, married my grandma who mm. was an Irish, you know, Scandinavian woman. Um, and she could vote. She had all the rights of U.S. citizenship. She could vote. She was a citizen, all of those things. But my grandpa was not. Mm. And it wasn't until 1924 um, that, like, three years before his oldest child was born, that he was able to actually vote. And I, I kind of remember having him having conversations with my dad about some of these things and the fact that um, 
you know, my grandpa didn't have that, that right to vote, but once he did start voting, it was really, really super important to him that he exercise that. And I know that's one of the things that we are always trying to work on with our, um, our native communities, their, not only their right, but really their obligation to vote in, um, mm-hmm. in all elections, not just tribal elections, just not just local elections, but uh, national elections too, because every single seat that you, that represents you through a vote, um, you have a voice in putting that person in there or taking them out if they aren't, you know, practicing the best practices and, and, and representing you in the best way. You know, it's funny. Uh, I see some memes about, uh, I grow my hair long, uh, for my ancestors that couldn't, mm-hmm. I think we can really put that towards voting too. I I'm writing that down. Uh, cause yeah. that's a really, really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because if you go back and look at the history I did, when I heard that, I thought, I want to find out more about that being the library person that I am. <laughs> and um, uh, it was Calvin Coolidge who signed the Indian Citizenship Act. Huh. It's Yeah, it's also known as the Snyder Act. And interesting enough, there were, there were, I think there were um, tribal folks that um, we're really leery of it because, of course, anytime there's some kind of act within the federal government, uh, Native folks get the short end of the stick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a lot of uh, folks back in the day, Native the communities, the Native communities um, were really worried that this was just another way to break up Native nations mm. because prior to that, they could, of course, vote in their tribal right. um elections. And uh, I think they saw this as as a way to uh, undermine tribal governments, you know, another way to force them to assimilate into uh, society. But uh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That makes a lot of sense, uh, too, because I feel like and I could be totally wrong, but I feel like uh, we're being counted now in the census more because people are not uh, as fearful uh, as they were for good reason and also voting. Wow, really mm-hmm. a good point, State Senator. Yeah, so uh, uh, along with that is um, they may became, maybe have become citizens, but um, that didn't guarantee Native folks the right to vote. Mm. Right. right away. There was still a lot of, lot of work to do um, there. You know, I would, according, you know, to what I read, there were a lot of Americans that still didn't want native uh, folks to have the voting rights in their States. Right. It's sort of like after the civil war for a short, short time, um, you know, well, uh, African-American people, those slaves could vote. And right. um, many black as men mostly were um, elected into uh, you know the legislature right. and local things for a while until they saw the consequences, mm-hmm. and then that's when they started pulling it back. And so um, there was a lot of uh, you know we don't want them to vote right away. Probably they thought they couldn't ha- we couldn't handle it right off the bat, um, and say just stick to your own government and. Don't worry about it, which is why I think so many of our um, communities, you know, especially the elders, didn't vote mm-hmm. because either when they didn't know that they could vote or they were disenfranchised or there weren't polls that were um, convenient for them or they didn't have the information. Remember, before the Internet, what was it, radio or newspapers were your only source and the and TV, but smoke signals. Uh, signals, yeah. Um, but when you think about those out in greater Minnesota, were they able to catch the television? You know, right. were they getting the newspaper? No, that costs money. Could you tune in some, you know, radio station? They maybe were getting more Canadian news than American news. So it's just so fascinating that these rights, that these inherent rights um, that we all should have had from the very beginning we're not, you know, 
it wasn't so long ago and it wasn't until the 30s and 40s and even the 50s that in right. some states the native uh folks were able to vote i heard it was even as early as uh, or late as the early 60s too in some mm. nations um one of the things too that that's interesting uh is the flowers uh killers of the flower moon was you know in that era when we became citizens but the the people there could not um oh uh control their own money so it's mm -hmm. all about control mm. um, when african americans uh after the civil war got the vote then they came back with uh i can't remember what it's called but it was a whole era of uh anti uh african american and bipoc people uh, mm -hmm. that's all that was worked on so that's a really good point i have to remind you too um in 1978 when i was a junior in high school we uh could not legally practice our own religion here in this country that was supposed to be based on the freedom of religion. So the right. irony, irony is there too. Yeah. And let's add women to that list uh, right. of those right. because 60s and 70s, women couldn't have their own checkbook. They couldn't get a loan. They couldn't have a credit card in their name. Um, you know, had to have a man sign for all of these things. Title IX uh, when we were in high school, too. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so know if you know what that is, Haley. Do you know what Title IX is? I've heard of it before, but I don't remember exactly what it is. Equal money for athletes, uh, women athletes in high school and college, equal mm -hmm. representation. Okay. So yeah. in other words, we didn't have to fund any uh, athletics that the women did in schools uh, until it became law, right, State Senator? Yeah, I mean, it was up to them to do it. Um, and so that brings us to something uh -huh. in legislation that's very important. And yes, we are going to get it done this year. Um, the Equal Rights Amendment. I have been working on that also in the legislature for years. We want to put a, a statement of equal rights into our state constitution here in Minnesota. And uh, we fought hard over in the House when I was a state rep. I passed mm -hmm. it off of the floor. Such an interesting conversation. I should go uh -huh. back and look at that. And then last year, um, we amended it. We made it even more broad to include, you know, the diversity of LGBTQ and others. Mm. Um, and we passed it off the off the Senate floor, but we didn't get it off the. We didn't pass it through the House floor. So this year, we'll go, be going back and um, running it through the House. Spent a lot of time this summer. Um, a lot of incredible groups gender justice, uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, um, civil rights lawyers, uh, looking at that piece of legislation and really fine tuning it. Um, so we'll come back, House will come back with an amended version of it. They, knock on wood, <laughs> will pass it off the House floor, send it over to the Senate. And then that doesn't automatically put it into our constitution uh, we're going to put it on the ballot in the fall, the, a question that says, should we have this statement of equal rights in our state constitution? And it'll be up to the people of Minnesota to decide on that one. You know, uh, we're going to take a break here in a minute. I, I don't know if you can answer this in 30 seconds, but uh, hopefully uh, that bill has equal pay for equal job, too. Is mm -hmm. that? Yeah, that's something that it's 2024 and I can't believe you have to put that in law and but we need a law for that and uh, you know times are changing let's hope they're changing faster hey we're here yes. with State Senator Mary Kunish and Haley Cherry and we'll be right back after this short break stay with us as we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving, getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. 
A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated, and make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov. Life can be hard. Sometimes it feels like there's no answers, like there's no way out. Hennepin County's Cope Mobile Crisis Response is here to listen and help you find a way through whatever is going on in your life. Call 612-596-1223 for no-cost crisis support anytime, anywhere in Hennepin County. That number is 612-596-1223. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. Become a teacher and ignite change. Join the St. Paul Urban Residency Program to become a teacher in just 15 months. You can earn your master's degree and teaching license from the University of St. Thomas while earning a $30,000 stipend, single health care, and dental benefits. As an added bonus, next year's cohort, all residents will receive $20,000 towards their tuition. Apply now. Applications due February 28, 2024. Visit spps.org backslash s-u-t-r. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Oik and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute, or NACD, in Minneapolis. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish and her grandbaby, who's looking like she's eating a Cheeto. Oh, no. What is that? No, it is a syringe. Oh, oh <laughs> a play one, but it's a play. It's a, it's one that you know they they the girls use when I give them any Tylenol or anything. So yeah, it's yeah, it's well, like doctor. I'm not injecting her with anything today. <laughs> so, State Senator uh, Mary Kunish, you have three children, adult children. Uh, were you more careful with the first one uh, than the last one? I think that's kind of a been a scenario that I hear over and over again. Unless, of course, the last one was a boy and, you know, he's the golden child, so he's the favorite. So it might not be the same with you. (laughs) You know too well. You know, (laughs) I think that because I think because I came from a really large family of 13 and I was number nine. I grew up taking care of little kids, you know, feeding kids, their bottle, changing their diapers, getting them outside to play. Uh, my youngest brother was, uh, I think I was 12 or 13 when he was born. And I was really kind of a surrogate mother for him oh. that having my own was like <laughs> not a big deal. It just was not a big deal. And um, I remember when my oldest daughter was born, you know, she's my first and mm-hmm. going to the hospital, you have your baby and the nurses are you know, kind of watching, hovering, make sure you're holding the baby right and doing things right. And um, I think the day after we got to give her her first bath, 
bunch of moms in a room giving their little newborns a, a bath. And my daughter happened to be, all my kids were born really hairy. I mean, like they had long hair on their ears, on their back. They had on their full, back. I know. On their, they had full heads of hair, black, black hair. I can't wait to see your daughters again and tell them that what your mom's talking about on the radio. Yeah. They're like, oh, mom, I heard you told another story. But um, we I remember putting her in the bath and then, you know, kind of lifting her out. And she just looked like a little wet monkey. And I started <laughs> laughing. And the nurses came running over. I think they thought I was hysterical or that I was going to drop that baby. But it was just like she just looked like a little, you know, drowned monkey. Um, oh and so... It was, I, I was, you know, it just came so natural to me that, that, um, I think I raised them all pretty much the same. Yeah, they're good yeah. people. The only yeah. problem I had with your son and he was like, you know, he's your number one is he had a period of time where he didn't co cut his hair and he had a mm -hmm. mullet. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do remember that. That boy has had some interesting hairdos. Let me tell you. And when I, when he was in high school. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I think he was going to be in um, somebody's wedding and they said, you can't be my yeah. wife. You don't cut your hair. And that finally did it. But Haley, uh, you have some news about hair. Why don't you tell our audience here real quick now that Do we're kind of show and tell here. Do I have some news about your hair? My hair? Like in high school? Yes. Oh, oh. that's old news. What do you mean? Well, say it. Our audience wants to know you. Okay. Well, I, Haley Cherry, won Best Hair Class of 2016 at Forest Lake High School. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. One of the only Native people in there, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, you know, and it, that's one of those things, State Senator and Haley, that's so bizarre being out in community. Uh, I see it happen so many times with, uh, somebody with, you know, beautiful long hair like Haley, people just go up and touch it. Yeah. You know, I was wearing a medallion uh, in kind of a, uh, uh, you know, not a BIPOC uh, gathering. It was just an all gathering and people, friends would come up and they'd grab my medallion and touch it and mm. say stuff and just, to, you know, oh, I really like this instead of, you know, it's just weird. I mean, it's not the same as touching hair, Haley, but yeah, I could kind of get the the gist. It's like, oh, geez, don't touch that. I got to smudge it off now. Right. Yeah, and, those things are really personal. Yeah, and even just being in the different communities, and you can see the contrast between, you know, kind of the um, shared um, boundaries when it comes to touching. You know, beaded medallions; those are expensive, and that takes someone a really long time to make. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, usually is a gift. So it's very mm -hmm. special. Well, exactly. And I think that's what, uh, Mary was alluding to both the medallions that I've had were students that gifted me and, uh, they're really big ones and, and nice ones and expensive ones. And I mean, if they were to sell them, but they, the rule is to each, each bead has a prayer in it. Mm -hmm. And also, um, you know, that when you first, uh, bead something, you have to give it away. And uh, I was lucky to be there for <laughs> two nice medallions from Misco and, uh, and, uh, um, uh, one of the, I'll, I'll come up with his name. Jeez. I can't think mm -hmm. of the, their names right up the top, but he, uh, made me a nice Eagle for my Eagle clan. Nolan, Nolan, you know, Nolan, Nolan and his family. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Really, it's so again, our uh, people that are listening to this that don't know, just uh, remember the boundaries of that, uh, especially with something you know, as a gift and has a prayer in it, like uh, a medallion or your hair, it's very uh, sacred. And ask if you can touch it or look at it first. Mm -hmm. So, we have a lot of allies listening in, wanting to do things the right way. So, I'm glad we kind of yeah. talked about that real quick. Absolutely. Yeah, we were, um, I was, and, and Robert, you brought this up. I was at an event last night um, and maybe you want to show them your shirt, yeah. but it was, uh, it was reconnecting, you know, history and it, it's for native youth 
mm-hmm. mostly high school kids that go to the Minnesota Historical Society and they go through sort of a program um, and they're exposed to a lot of Native um, artifacts and um, practices and history here in Minnesota. And my nephew participated in that. And then um, the son of one of our our Ho-Chunk legislators was also there. But there was an elder that talked about um, the sacredness of 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 beading of beads mm. and you know that that story about beads on a rope and you know it's sort of like catholics practicing the rosary yeah each one of those beads is a hail mary or a uh you know a, a our father or um one of those really important prayers and that's what that's what a lot of those are so when you say each bead is a is a prayer, prayer it really is the truth. And mm-hmm. in essence, I mean, you wouldn't go up and touch somebody's rosary right. uh, without permission or, you know, a, a spiritual um, item without right. permission, or you just wouldn't even, you just know not to touch those things. Um, and so I, I think there's still some kind of a um, disconnect thinking that, oh, that's a really pretty thing that that Indian person is wearing not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, it just makes me think. I was, uh, and you being a former teacher could uh, appreciate this. I was at the U yesterday, uh, and Haley's gone with me in the past. I was talking to a media class about the radio show and, and things like that, and it always turns into culture because I talk about how this show started was because of Standing Rock and what was happening in Standing Rock and the lack of uh, real news that was coming out of there. And that was our, our call to action and, and starting the show on AM 950. Uh, but there's so many questions in a good way. Um, you know, I had a stu- three students, and they were both from China, come to me afterwards and mention that I didn't really say anything about, uh, and it wasn't asked either, um, about what's happening in Palestine. And um, I could only give my opinion, you know, and um, genocide's genocide no matter how you look at it. And, uh, um, and I, you know, talking about media, I kept on seeing the same pictures, video over and over again for weeks on the news of, uh, you know, the kidnapping of uh, people, the Israel people and other people. And so the media really plays a lot of, uh, you know, intention on what we, what we focus on. And so it's interesting, you know, our students are still out there thinking, I guess is what I'm trying to get at Mary. And they're, they're, they're way ahead of us, these Gen Z's in a lot of ways. So I I really would agree with you in in a lot of, in so many ways when, you know, we think about our history, how our history was written and Mm -hmm. from whose viewpoint, you know, who's the dominant that can get the most information out there. Mm -hmm. It's their story that's going to be heard, um, you know. uh, And so we just always have to be sure that we are, being diligent and in, in doing our best in looking at both sides of the picture and what's yeah. happening. I mean, I'm sure there are people that think that Russia has every right to, to go into the Ukraine. Um, but, you know, from one view, it's, it's one way from another view, it's certainly a different. Yeah, it, that's true. And uh, I, I guess, you have to, especially nowadays and then with AI now, you have to really sift through stuff and you have to be a critical thinker. And I think that's one of the things when we talk about school, like we, we taught in school and college, is not so much to remember how to do algebra, but to become a critical thinker. And I think that's what some of the things that are, are changing now is that, you know, one side is a critical thinker and the other side believes Uh, the world's flat. And I think it's important that we take the time not only to, you know, self-inform, but when you know somebody that maybe has an alternative or comes from or has those life experiences, 
um, that you ask for for that. I mean, my kids are half Lebanese, so they're yeah. Middle Eastern. We, you know, they. Oh, we got muted there. The baby muted it. Oh. <laughs> Um, I was just saying, you know, we all have come to things from different life experiences. And and, and um, I think it's just really important that we take the time and the effort to educate ourselves on all, all the pieces um, so that we can make those informed critical decisions. And that's what I hope I do at the legislature. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, hopefully you can hold on for another segment. I'd like to see what's coming uh, forward with you. We got to short segment the end of the show are you with us state senator yep i can hang on right on this is native roots radio presents i'm awake and we'll be right back after the short break jns bean factory is a native-owned community supported cozy artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans live music and baked goods relax in the beautiful outside patio city pages writes voted top 10 coffee shops Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts. And that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside. And Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at sayyeshometest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment, and no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.mn.us to connect with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. The City of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities. Minneapolis Air dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis Air on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? It's always fun to have a, a state senator uh, howl with us, which is always a good thing in a good way. Hey, we're here with uh, Haley Cherry and our state senator, Mary Kunish, and we're wrapping up the show here and a uh, big week happening. Uh, coming up here for you, Mary, and uh, your colleagues. Uh, tell us what you got to look forward ahead of time other than a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a quick one this year. Uh, we start the session 2024 is kicks off on Monday morning. So we'll begin on Monday and go through the end of May. We have to be done uh, before Labor Day for sure or Memorial mm -hmm. Day. For sure. So this is a bonding year, uh, mostly looking at policy and uh, the, the dollars that that will be focused on are, are on uh, statewide infrastructure projects. So bridges and roads, state owned buildings, universities, um, that sort of thing. And then we you know, all of our communities are are always asking for help with some really big projects. Like for me, I have this little tiny con community tucked into Columbia Heights, it's called Hilltop. And mm. it's a manufactured home community. And um, it's just like three blocks big, but it's its own municipality. They have their own mayor and council and mm. it's all manufactured homes. And they have a very, very outdated tornado shelter. 
So if there's inclement weather and they all have to get to shelter, it isn't even big enough and it's not um, ADA uh, equipped for a lot of the, the, fam the uh, members that live in that community. So that's a big request that we're asking for some help on that. Mm -hmm. uh, but all of um, the committees will be here, will be um, kicking off and, and having hearings. I'm the chair of education finance. Uh, we had that huge $5.5 billion to spend last year on education. And we did. And yep. we're starting to show, we're starting to see some really good things happen. I don't know if you saw that article in the paper a week or so ago about uh, like Minneapolis, uh, we we put over thirty million dollars into libraries. So wow. school libraries, multi-type counties, all of the public libraries, and um, Minneapolis pledged to have at least a half-time library media specialist in all of their schools. Yeah. So they did, and there was an article that quoted a library media specialist, and he said, you know this. Library hadn't been open for a couple of years. We opened it up and the books are flying off the shelf by the gazillion. I gazillion. And so, um, you know, when I read that, I was so excited, like, it's working. Hallelujah. Yes. Um, so we'll, for me, uh, I don't know that we'll have much money to spend this year. So we'll just kind of uh, review what has happened, listen to folks. Uh, tell what's going on, what's working, what's not working so well, where did we, you know, miss something. And so kind of reviewing, um, kind, uh, uh, kind of fixing whatever needs fixing if we need to, and then just sort of maintaining what we've done for at least the next year so that we, we when we come back in 2025, which is another budget year, um, we'll have a good idea of, of where we need to fill the buckets. You know, being a former teacher myself, I know how important it is to have a media specialist in our schools. Now, there's there's research that students need to do and learners need to do that, you know, the teachers don't have time to come into the library and explain this is how you do this and that, and this mm -hmm. is how you search things. And I've sat in on a few uh I don't know if they're training sessions, but uh, informational sessions from media specialists. And while wow, it's not our media specialists when we were in school, there is so much going on and so much information to to give to the learners and the students. Yeah, I was a library media specialist for 20 years and 15 of them at the elementary level. And um, I ran the library. I chose all the books. I you know maintained everything. But I also, you know, taught lessons every single week to every single class when they came down. And a lot of it is on technology, how to use yeah. the computer, how to do, uh, you know, uh, a viable search and right. get authentic information, how to discern what's, you know, baloney and what's the real fact of the matter. And then how to put it into a form that you can, you know, read regurgitate, understand, and then share with somebody else. And I see a lot of, I see, I see some really poor um, research, even at the legislature, you know, there'll be times where legislators will just like say something outrageous. <laughs> and I'll be sitting there looking, you know, right in real time, like, really, is that true? And I'll be looking on my computer and, you know, it's, it's either not true, there's no information on that. And if I go up, and this happened a couple of times last year, a member would make some outrageous statement or state some fact, and I'd look it up. I either couldn't find it or found that whatever they said was not true, and then go ask them about it. And they'd be like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, they'll be holding papers and shaking them in the air. Like the fact mm. of the matter is right here on these papers. And then when you ask them for it, there's like, there's nothing really on there about what they just said. They just kind of pulled it out of nowhere. And, um, well, I know and, too, to be able to cite things is a media percent to show you, especially now with AI and plagiarism yep. and the internet to how do you cite things? And one of the things I learned, and this is funny too, but if I was looking up, let's say, uh, major leagues 
And then I'd put in quotes, twins, it would go to the Minnesota twins or, mm-hmm. or twins that uh, played the major leagues. But mm-hmm. I didn't know to put quotes in, but I learned that from our media specialists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can make your life a lot, lot, lot easier. Trust me. So um, though that was one of the big wins. Um, No-cost school lunches was yes. another big win. And yes. uh, again, there was a big article about how Roseville is taking it to the next level and creating these delicious from scratch uh, meals for students. That is, um, it's healthy, um, it's colorful, it's, you know, like current uh, uh, food habits, that sort of thing. Um, I know at the elementary school that I was at, when Obama was president and they made a really big deal about school lunches and, and healthy choices. And our school started to prepare lunches on site that reflected the community that, that we served. So they had like, they'd have greens and barbecue and, Mm -hmm. you know, cornbread. And these were all made from scratch. Um, We had um, sambusas and, you know, more ethnic. And when we say Mexican, not just like a taco or an enchilada, but, you know, really authentic uh, foods that represented the students. And and it was really, really, really cool. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's. uh, And then we we talk about I, I, I just can't tell you how important it is when. I was teaching and you guys passed the, the the school breakfasts for everybody. That was a game changer because there were mm-hmm. so many kids that didn't have breakfast. And we know how important that first uh, meal really, really, really is. So to yeah. uh, carry on with uh, more uh, the school lunches is just imperative and just great work. We've got uh, uh, 30 seconds left, State Senator. I just want to say a big thank you, big Pinagigi. Uh, for all the work you do and uh, coming on our show, you know, we've been on yeah. seven years and I think you've been on at least six. So yeah. I know. And uh, so we appreciate uh, growing up with you uh, sort of <laughs> speak in, the, in the airways. So thank you so much for being on. My pleasure. Thank you. Wopi Latanka. Right on. Hey, that was State Senator Mary Kunish. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops. The ground which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, vote. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier. No.